Is that where we're starting? What feels big on my head? Yeah, sure. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we start there? And that means you have to see the video. The video is available <laughs> if you want to see it. Today, we're going to dive into all things holiday, but more specifically, how holiday music went pop. But before we get to any of that, we need to go back to what you and I were talking about yesterday. And this is your high school course oh, going to the National Cathedral in yes. Washington, D.C. Stacy yes. Ryder, you were in high school. Yes. So you're uh, 16, 17 years old, Ish. something like that. Ish. Ish. Somewhere around there. You go to the National Cathedral for Christmas to represent your school and to sing. And, uh, of course, the best way to do that is? Hallucinogenics. <laughs> no idea about this. I forgot this. about it until well. <laughs> we started talking about being in chorus and being in choir. Mm -hmm. And then once we started talking about that, I just had these flashbacks to the beginning of the day. Right. I mean, I only remember, you know, so much and then <laughs> specific pieces. I didn't go there intending to do it. It's just on the bus there. Somebody's like, hey, eat this. I'm like, okay. And then, yeah. You don't remember much of it. Was it a, like a sleepover trip in D.C. or no. did you come back that day? No, we came back. I mean, it was only like, I don't know, it was less than a two hour drive on the bus. So right. He took the bus down there and then we went and we did our, you know. Like, our drugs. Our we did course. our drugs on the way there. And our then we did our little course. song and dance. I was. Hey, this was just when I was like, this was the very beginning. I actually was probably more 17 um, I was like a super, super, super angel until I hit like 17, almost 18. And all hell broke loose. Literally. Yeah. So, but I, this was probably only like the second time that I'd done something like that too. Yeah. So, yeah, I just spent most of my time trying to keep my cool. <laughs> well, speaking of all hell breaking loose, who's been breaking hell loose on the holiday charts now for the past couple of years? Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that's a segue, boys and girls. Getting back to our topic today, how holiday music went pop. You got to think about Mariah Carey, who has yes. been the queen of Christmas for the past few years, at least. Okay, mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about that. In fact, out of 120 songs, only to reach a diamond setting. And that means it has sold over 10 million copies. Okay. The Billboard Hot 100 chart now, I looked this up, has been out now for over 300. I'm, I'm sorry. The Billboard chart now has been out for over 3,400 weeks. It came out in 1958. So only oh, wow. 120 songs between now and then have sold as much as Mariah Carey's song, All I Want for Christmas. However, this week, we also have another number one, and that's on the electronic charts. Okay. Okay. A woman who has had a charting number one song now for seven decades, going back to the 60s, 70s. 80s, 70s. 90s, early 2000s, 2010s, and now another number one in the 2020s. That would be Cher. Cher has been around long enough to have number one songs now for seven decades. And thanks to the holiday charts, this her album, uh, DJ Play That Christmas Song, or DJ Play A Christmas Song, hit number one on the Dance Electronic Sales Survey. Uh, and the holiday album is entitled Christmas. Uh, well done there. <laughs> Well, share one word, <laughs> one word, share one word album. Well, okay. I'll give you, a, you know, what's weird is that I've seen some of these specials over the past couple of weeks as we get towards the holidays and they talk about people recording their holiday albums. Brenda Lee talked about it, about uh -huh. her song rocking around the Christmas tree, which now is back in number one, knocked out Mariah Carey. When she was 13 years old and they recorded, recorded the song, they recorded it in the middle of summer. Oh, wow. Right. And so they had to decorate the studio for this 13 year old girl, uh, Jason Kelsey. 
from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. He's got a Christmas album. They had a, a special on him recording, and they did this back in May, okay. where they're in the studio working well, on his Christmas album. Yeah, I guess so. So Brenda Lee, as I said, now the new number one, able to knock out Mariah Carey. So you've got a 78-year-old woman uh -huh. and a 65-year-old song <laughs> that is now number one, not just on the holiday charts, but on the Billboard Hot 100 singles. Although, like I said, she recorded when she was 13. It's the first time ever the song has been number one. Uh, she also put out a video last week. So you've got the 78-year-old woman in her red dress. Not the surprise, oh. surprise lady. It's a different lady. I know how you get <laughs> If you watch it, you might get took confused. Over Christmas. Yeah. Oh, so wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a Christmas song? Surprise. Uh, no, this is she's dancing around her dress. It makes sense though. Yeah. Think about America ever since uh the Golden Girls. And maybe maybe before that, but that's probably my first pop culture is the the old lady. Mm -hmm. Right? Clara Burton or Clara Peller, excuse me, uh Where's the Beef? Right? Everyone loved that old lady. Oh, yeah. So it, it's this natural progression where now she's number one. I think that's awesome. But it's not just Brenda Lee, right, who's number one. Also this week, four other holiday songs are back in the Billboard Hot 100. And oh, they're wow. not just new songs. Uh, or Jingle Bell Rock, Wham's Last Christmas. That's a guilty pleasure. Oh, that is, I, 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 of course I, it is. Yeah, I mean, and oh, and if you have a chance, because this holiday season, if you're sitting at home, nothing to watch, watch that Wham documentary. I can't remember if it was Hulu or if it's on Disney Plus, but wherever that was, that was an amazing, definitely worth checking out. And last Christmas, big part of that. Also back on the charts, Burl Ives, Holly Jolly Christmas, okay. and Andy Williams, Most Wonderful Time of the Year, but also over on the rock charts. Other holiday songs are making a comeback. The actual rock charts right now, Elvis, Paul McCartney, and the Eagles all return to the Billboard chart. Now, you think about the rock charts. That might be being a little loose with the term. However, if you're going to take Brenda Lee, uh -huh. Mariah Carey, and uh, Taylor Swift and put them all on the same chart, okay, I can understand guitar based through, and it, you know, it's not just what it used to be where we were talking about the sales of albums. There's other figures that are figured into this, uh -huh. right? You're talking about streaming now and airplay sales. Just the last week of November alone, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree drew 34.9 million streams and 20.7 million airplay exposure. Oh, wow. Pull back this curtain a little bit since we did work in radio. Mm -hmm. Explain how that works. It's kind of a survey of uh, all the radio stations that were playing that song. They take the audience that they think those stations had. So that last week of November, 20 million people in the country heard it play over the radio. It had 35 million streams, 34.9, wow. and sold 3,000 downloads. She also sold music during that time. It's only the third song ever that's holiday-based to hit the number one spot. Uh-huh. Chipmunk song by uh, oh, Dave gosh. Seville. Really? 1958. Look, the late 50s through that. that that's your that's your height of the uh, the comedy songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess. And so uh, you, the, the Chipmunks, Dave Seville, four weeks. I hope those were the weeks of December. Right. Mm -hmm. You would you would hope that that's when that song because that would really suck. if It was like April. And you're like, why yeah, is right? this still playing? Uh, Mariah Carey's. We talked about that. All I want for Christmas is you. Twelve weeks at number one. But. Never hit that until 2019. Really? That song came out in 1994. Yeah. 
originally, and then comes back in 2019. You think about what Mariah Carey went through. She had a big meltdown. Remember her, that public performance was at uh, New Year's? Yeah, where it was, it was really, New Year's Eve. Or Christmas. Like, maybe it was one or the other. Where Maybe it was New Year's, maybe I it was think Christmas. It was, yeah, I think it was during the ball drop. There you go, right? So 2019, all I want for you, all I want for Christmas is you comes out. And she had gone through everything with Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. People are wrapping their arms around her. Who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to give Mariah a kiss? <laughs> Yeah, that's a Christmas present right there. Uh, so how did Christmas carols become popular popular music, though? I have no idea. I mean, when you I think mean, about caroling, usually you think about maybe midnight mass or maybe going out, you know, the actual group of people traveling around. Yeah, I mean, Christmas carols, that's what Christmas carols are to me. I mean, to me, it's Christmas songs yeah. are the Mariah Carey and the Brenda Lee and the songs are on the pop charts. I mean, to me, Christmas carols were always like joy to the world. Oh, come all ye faithful. I mean, I remember in high school when I wasn't at the National Cathedral, <laughs> I was, I went Christmas caroling with like my best friend and her neighbors. And it was the only time I ever really did it. But like, I, I don't know, there must have been like eight people. We went like Door to door, like singing like Beggars. Christmas carols. Right. Right. I don't remember if they gave us candy or anything. Well, but that that's Christmas carols to me. I mean, and then like Charles Dickens. Sure. You know, the Victorian yeah. well, well, area. Because he wrote era. a Christmas carol. Sure. That makes sense. A lot of the things that you mentioned there are traditionally uh, Christian religious based. Let's yes. say we can talk about the carols. Well, the thing about that carols were first sung in Europe. But not Christmas carols. They were sung by pagans. In fact, they were done year round. But the ones that really continued to stick around mm-hmm. were the ones that they did for the winter solstice. The winter solstice happens, happens when? December 22nd, 23rd, yeah. somewhere. You know, so Christians, being Christians, <laughs> kind of just decided to adopt those policies of these songs that they're singing around their Yule log. I mean, and you think about all the things that the early Christians took from the pagans around yeah. these religious holidays. First of all, mention the Yule log. Pagans were the first that they know that are they talk about giving gifts uh-huh. uh, around the holidays. And so the Christians, being young Christians, decide that, oh, well, you know what? Our God's story actually involves presents, too. His presents he received, and those presents included gold. So here's what we're going to do. Pagans, we're going to take your holiday where you give presents. We're going to ask for presents, including (laughs) gold, and then wrap that into our whole celebration. How does that work for you guys? Thanks so much for playing. Uh, (laughs) We go into the early uh, 100s. A Roman bishop said that a song called Angel's Hymn should be sung at Christmas service in Rome. And for the next hundred years, that's really the only place it existed because of the Latin language. It's not a language that was shared by everyone. People had local dialects that they, so people didn't share this music. But in 1223, St. Francis of Assisi starts doing his nativity plays in Italy. Okay. Then as those plays become popular, they are produced around Europe in the local language. These plays also contain choruses and cantors where they encourage the audience to sing along and becomes popular as those songs are done in the local dialect. Follow me so far? I'm with you. All right. So then, as that music is happening locally, you have traveling minstrels. 
They take those songs across Europe. But the thing is, the message changes much like the music and the, and the language well, region to region. One of the early songs like that was I Saw Three Ships. Uh-huh. I think anyone who's ever done any type of singing, it's a very basic tune. It was one of the ones I had to sing for my audition in my first musical, and I failed miserably. <laughs> That's when it was reinforced once again that I cannot carry a tune. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, like, it was so bad. I actually had the lead in the play. They gave me the lead. I, I think that it, it goes, speaks to my dramatic abilities because it was a musical and I could not sing at all. In fact, all the songs that I had to sing that were supposed to be solos suddenly turned into chorus while I just kind of acted out the scene around Aww. them. So these traveling minstrels take the carols around the Europe. Several versions of that song, I Saw Three Ships, existed, including the original one, that claims it was taking, the ships were taking the three skulls of the wise men to a cathedral in Germany. Little known fact. Now, when Puritans come to power in Europe, the fact is they cancel all the singing. Puritans Uh being Puritans, the celebration of Christmas and singing carols was stopped. However, carols continued to be sung in homes and in pubs. And that's somewhere where it continued until 1700, only the Psalms were allowed to be sung in Anglican churches from the Church of, Eng- of England because Psalms comes directly from the Bible. They say these are the words of God. So we're going to be allowing these songs, including while shepherds watch their flocks by night because the lyrics come from the telling of the shepherds visiting baby Jesus. Okay. okay? During this time, many churches would bring in local musicians to play the music for them. And then the tunes were used for songs. While Shepherds Watched is probably the most popular song that was played to different tunes. Local musicians, there's no reading huh. music. It's simply doing something from memory and something that someone's taught you. So if you can take these lyrics and put them to different music, yeah. that song gets repeated into different areas. In the mid-1700s, Charles Wesley wrote a hymn for Christmas Day, and the first words are, Hark how all the welkin rings. Now, that, of course, later becomes Hark the Herald Angel well, Sings. yeah. I mean, that's like you said earlier. It's like that. Uh, it's the game when you're a little kid. Is it telephone or something? When you play in school where, like, you tell somebody a secret. Right. And then they're supposed to tell that same secret to the next person. But it gets changed and changed and changed until it's a completely different story of Hark the Herald Angel Sings. Right. Exactly. Now. That tune that we sing it to, though, mm-hmm. song came out, the original writing of it, in 1754. That tune didn't come out until 1840 because Wesley actually thought his Christmas hymn would be sung to an Easter song. However, we adapted it to Mendelssohn's 1840 uh, collection of hymns for social worship. Something happened along the way. Those words were put with that music, and it became Boom, popular. Christmas song. Well, once again, we're talking about how this history of Christmas carols becomes popular music. And once again, it doesn't necessarily mean how it's originally written. It's what the population or the popular vote becomes, right? Now, remember, carols remain mainly unsung in churches, like we said, until Victorian times, when William Sandys and Davis Gilbert collected lots of old Christmas music from those pubs around England. They often weren't even looked at as proper or nice to be sung, by the middle or upper classes. Singing carols in pubs still happens today in England, though. <laughs> North Derbyshire, <laughs> Yorkshire, South Yorkshire. Happens. Of course. Before carol singing in places like churches became popular, there were carol singers called waits. Okay. You talk about going around with your friends and your families. 
By the way, musician Tom Waits last week celebrating his 75th birthday. <laughs> These bands of Waits were people led by important local leaders, like council leaders. They were the only ones in town allowed to collect money. So as they're going door to door, mm -hmm. they can take money from the public. Anyone else could be charged as a beggar if they tried doing that. Wow. They were called waits because they sang on Christmas Eve and sometimes that's known as watch night or wait night. And so that's why they were called waits. The shepherds were watching or waiting with their sheep when the angels appeared to them. And that they was, went to shake down the neighbors. <laughs> that's I don't, where it all I don't think that part's in the Bible. I don't remember the what? I don't remember the angels appearing to the shepherds and being like, and by the way, we're watching go sing out about for it. you. Why don't you uh, pass some gold coins this way? <laughs> A few shekels, if you will. <laughs> also, during the Victorian period, many orchestras and choirs were being set up in the cities of England, and people wanted Christmas songs to sing because they were popular in their local pub. Uh -huh. So the carols once again became popular in churches and concert halls. Many new carols also written during the Victorian period as this rise in popularity occurs. New carol services were created, becoming popular. The custom of singing carols in the streets, going door to door and singing carols. One of the most popular carol services was the candlelight vigil. Oh, of course. Something that we still do today. I remember going with my aunt after uh, going to her house and opening presents on uh, Christmas Eve mm -hmm. before we had presents at our house. And then afterwards, we would go to uh, our candlelight vigil. Get uh, your little paper plate. Well, yeah, you're on top, on top of your hand there and the, can melt, the candle melting there and having your little fist print in the yep. bottom. The first half of the 1800s, you could consider a great time for Christmas literature. Mm -hmm. This is where people are writing, like Hoffman writes The Nutcracker and The Mouse King in 1816. Clement Moore, we're now 200 years, 1823, when Clement Moore writes A Visit from St. Nicholas, also known as The Night Before Christmas. 1843, Charles Dickens writes A Christmas Carol. And in 1845, because Christmas trees are becoming popular thanks to Queen Victoria, mm -hmm. Hans Christian Andersen writes The Fir Tree. Again, these books become popular. And so as original stories are added, just like we're telling folklore, as people are telling stories, what's the next thing they add to those stories? Music. Right. So the late 19th century to early 20, 20th century, popular holiday music begins to appear. In fact, James Pierpont writes the first adopted secular Christmas song, Jingle Bells, in 1857. But... It's actually written for Thanksgiving. Wasn't meant to be a Christmas song. However, again, pop culture mm -hmm. is what they adapted it for. It was originally entitled One Horse Open Sleigh. And according to the Guinness Book of World's Records, Jingle Bells was the first song ever to be played in outer space in 1965. The first song in outer space was Jingle Bells? That's what they say. December Good 16th, Lord. 1965. Actually, we're almost up on the uh, holiday for Good that. Lord. We're, we're not alone, and that's going to be the first thing that they heard. <laughs> you no know, wonder you, nobody's come to this planet. <laughs> you think about this stuff they put out on Voyager, though. Like they, they, There's a gold record. There's a gold 33. What do you think they have record players? What were you thinking? <laughs> Uh, all right, back, back real quickly through some of these other things that really as we're building towards how holiday music becomes popular music, uh -huh. becomes pop music again, 1892, Tchaikovsky comp composes the, the Nutcracker. Yes. 1897, Yes, Virginia, There's a Santa Claus is published. In 1903, Babes in Toyland. 1905, William Porter writes The Gift of the Magi. 1908, the first film version of A Christmas Carol. You mentioned it earlier. That film has been remade so many times. In fact, it was a silent yeah. film, one of the first early ones adapted. Carol of the Bells in 1921. And as this continues to happen, you see where 
it's not taking 100 years. It's not taking 50 years. It's, it's quicker and, and quicker. As we get into the 20s and 30s, Christmas becomes big entertainment. And Santa Claus, thanks in large part to Coca-Cola, becomes big business. First of all, before that, 1924, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And mm-hmm. that ends with Santa Claus, which is supposed to be the official welcome of the season. 1928, Hollywood Santa Parade. So you have four years after Macy's, they're seeing they're making some money on this. Coca-Cola in the 30s debuts their iconic Santa, which is still used today. And in 1932, Radio City Music Hall debuts their Christmas Spectacular. So as we come to the 30s, the rise of one item in the family home continues this message. And before TV, it was radio. Mm-hmm. People gathered around the radio. People in the 30s, it's considered the golden age radio. 28 million homes had a radio by the end of the decade. And that means you need more radio programming. Has mm-hmm. that happened? In 1934, two songs written and released, not just in 1934, but within weeks of each other, Winter Wonderland and Here Comes Santa Claus, written for radio shows, but... They also produced 78 records at the time, uh-huh. started selling them, and then it becomes more popular as people can replay these in their home. It's during that time that Christmas music really starts becoming a pop culture phenomenon. Makes perfect sense. 1934, the film March of the Wooden Soldiers. 1935, film A Christmas Carol, the first full version in sound. 1937, Charles Howard opens his first Santa school, teaching people how to be a Santa Claus. Santa school. We know a Santa. We do know Santa a Santa Santa Bruce, school. which actually we got to send him best wishes. I know that he wasn't feeling well this year. So all the best to our buddy uh, Santa Bruce. Song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer comes out in 1939. That's the first time that song where Gene Autry sang about Rudolph as the most famous reindeer of all. The song topped the charts 10 years later. In 1949. So the song was around for 10 years before it ever goes to number one. And that's what Brenda Lee's listening to as a little kid. Exactly. She's influenced by that. Then you also have the cartoon. Skip forward to 1964 for Rudolph, where that's been called one of the most popular holiday cartoons of all time. Of course. However, current uh, media being what it is, the New Republic described Rudolph, and I have to read this here, the Rudolph cartoon depicts a dystopia where affection is based on economic worth. They are also saying Rudolph is bullied because of his nose, causing serious problematic behavior. Are they trying to cancel Rudolph? Yes. Oh, my God. Stop it. Go away. Whoever's trying to cancel Rudolph, as I understand the story, because I'm not looking too hard. I just understand this on a base level. Yeah, since you were like five. This individual who has a difference and is actually made fun of by the friends around him, that difference is what ends up saving the day for everyone. And then we embrace that everyone's difference is what makes them unique and special. Supposed to teach a nice lesson. You would hope. We go back to the 40s and 50s when pop pop music and pop culture go hand in hand. The song White Christmas in 1940, 1941, Little Drummer Boy, Little Drummer Boy, 43, I'll Be Home for Christmas, 44. The songs Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and the Christmas song. Mm-hmm. 1945, Let It Snow, by the way, no mention of Christmas in that song, whatever. A lot like Jingle Bells, pop culture decided that we're going to put this with Christmas and now... That that makes sense. Sure, it's the time of year. Now, the second major wave of holiday music and movies 
late 40s into the 50s. It's a Wonderful Life in 1946. People still revere that movie today. Uh, Toys for Tots starts in 1947. The film Miracle on 43rd, 40, <laughs> 34th Street and the song Here Comes Santa Claus come out. 1948, Sleigh Ride. 1950, Frosty the Snowman and Silver Bells. 1951, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. 1952, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> 1953, Bob Hope has his first TV major holiday special, the songs I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas, one of your favorites, and Santa Baby. Like I said, you can see these things popping quicker and quicker and faster and faster. 1954, the film White Christmas, the song There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays. 1955, I'm Getting Nothing for Christmas. 1956, more Christmas specials hit the small screen and... Holiday songs start going rock and roll when you have Elvis start recording things. Mm -hmm. Also, 1957, Dr. Seuss writes How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And we come back to 1958, where we began. 1958 songs, Rockin' Round the Christmas Tree and the Chipmunk Song, both released that year, 65 years ago. You forgot one Christmas song. What's that? Everybody getting something. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I didn't want to get into all the Saturday Night Live <laughs> stuff because, yeah, there are there are so many great songs out there. And that's the other thing is that whether it's comedy, whether it's pop, rock, uh, if you want tropical music, you can find something. There's Jimmy Buffett Christmas out there. Whatever you want, you can find something that works for you. And speaking of that, before I wrap all this up, we do have uh, two holiday playlists available. They're on Spotify. Uh, they're the Gen X uh, Christmas, Gen Xmas Volume 1 and Gen Xmas Volume 2. And you put those two together, you have about three hours worth of music. For your holiday party. Again, that's the last we're going to do for the year. We're going to talk to you in the new year. And uh, how about cheers? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.